friends, champions have been crowned, world's dreams have been dashed, and here we are. Uh, one of our final episodes, not the end yet here for Power Spike, but we're getting close. <laughs> what do you mean? We're, we're like, we got like two months, dude. <laughs> yeah, the final end of like, you know, the right, for, for a lot of teams. But yeah, yeah, whatever. We're getting to the home stretch, you know? It's like, if it's it a is the home stretch, except, you know, you know, of course, the home stretch is now just kept alive by the LECs just continuing to run and run and run and run and run. Then we'll have episodes <laughs> throughout world. So uh, don't fret. Thanks, Dion. LEC. We, we got a, we got a lot more. We got a lot more time now. When does energy play? When is the number one team in North America oh play? I want to know that. Yeah, yeah. Please, if you haven't yet, <laughs> go check the interview uh, with. Uh, it's so hard. It's, Contracts it's, is not going to date impossible. you, D God. He's not no, going to date he's you. He's the best. He's the best. <laughs> he actually is the best. He is factually just the best. He's now. actually Fuck just you guys. The best. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how he's did? <laughs> how, did, how did how did your favorite you know the team that has your heart do in 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 their league? Look, Monty? I'm used to disappointment. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was on this show. It was on this show. You said no. There's no way they're definitely going to win to be the number one seed, and then they almost had to fight for. They almost didn't make it. They had to fight for their spot. I mean, it was it was a well. I mean, I didn't watch. I haven't yet to watch the the Hanwha games because they happened this morning. So yeah. you know, we're recording this right in the morning. So I haven't had a chance to catch up with those games yet. Uh, but watch the the Monty and Wolf show or our show next week. I'm sure we'll talk about regionals. However, um, yeah, I mean, look, they qualified for Worlds. They're just they're edging us. Okay, <laughs> yeah. they're edging us <laughs> to the inevitable Keen Worlds MVP. <laughs> I mean. I have a question. Why will they just refuse to ban Azir Zaya? Like, it's such a free a free win versus T1. Uh, look, I don't man, understand look, why they just look, had to play into it. Look, man, look. Um, why were they just, like, as a team, hard countered by Lulu? Uh, why, why were they not just banning out Faker's champion pool when clearly he can play, like, two and a half champions right now? Um, yep. Why were they Why were they doing these things? I, why were they just like inting at level one every time in both series? Why was this happening? I don't know. I don't know. Gotta say, for uh, five <laughs> all pro first team players and MVP, it was a rough go of it. it, was a rough <laughs> go of it. Not even Let, making finals. And like Lehen's, the thing that was so crazy is when you think about what an MVP is supposed to be, and you watch Lehen's games, it's like, is he the worst player on the team? Like that's how it feels sometimes watching them. So I don't know. I, I didn't enjoy it too much, but I, I, I'm just like a hater of the five all pro first teams. I mean, you guys know, I always rant yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, as much as he might've been the worst player on his team, one of the best players on our team are our friends, Trolley Gummy Worms. This episode of Power Spike is brought to you by Trolley Sour Bright Crawlers, the multi-flavored sour gummy worms. I want nothing more than for you to chew their delicious sour heads and bodies into pieces. Uh, I, I was so excited that we we jumped right into it, just like how I'm excited about my favorite flavor, uh, raspberry blueberry. Boom. Done. What a professional. Uh, Nailed it. Trolley. Trolley. They, Thank they you will, so much, dude. Like, they will I, truly, like, this one's emptied out because I've been yeah. smashing them. Fans have been smashing them over at LCS. I was I was giving them out. At first, I was like, going to do it like this and be like, here, do you want some? And I was like, that's a lot of hands in this. <laughs> yeah, They're just yeah, going to have yeah. to trust my hand in this. So <laughs> started handing them out like that. <laughs> that that's smart. That's smart. Yeah. How yeah, did you yeah, not yeah. get COVID? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah, that was the other getting thing. COVID from yeah. New Jersey. I see like everyone oh, wait, really? about how they all have yeah, COVID. Yeah. A lot of people got COVID. 
I've done tests the last two days. Both came back negative. Um, the funny thing is before I found out that, sorry, trolley is so good. Everyone is um, getting sick. I went to a friend's house who has a cat and I'm very allergic to cats. So I was sneezing up a storm and I was like, oh no, it's the cat. And then I get these texts. Hey, you should probably go check and get tested. And I was like, this is very weird. I'm sneezing a lot. And my throat hurts now because I've sneezed a lot. But yeah. I've been taking tests since then and things have been I've good. I've just so never got that. COVID. I don't know. I'm just the COVID evader. Like I've been through airports <laughs> multiple times. Like, well, that's because you I'm... don't go outside. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I've been to like just huge like, stadium events. I've been to like basketball games. I've been to, oh, yeah. you know, like uh, like 2,000 person like comedy venues and stuff. Like I, I don't know. I just, I'm, I just never get it. I don't know. Good for you. Yeah. Maybe you just had it and didn't know it. Some people have that too. So. Who knows? I mean, I tested pretty frequently and I never got, I don't know. I'm the, I'm the. Oftentimes you get like false negatives. You know, the rapid tests. I'm too of. toxic. Even COVID <laughs> will toxic. fuck with me. <laughs> it burns your, your toxicity. Just yep. bur your hatred burns the COVID right out of your veins. Yeah, but they're like, I don't want to fuck with this motherfucker. <laughs> like this might end COVID if we get in. <laughs> like he might end it alone. <laughs> well, the thing that you do want to fuck with are our trolley sour bright crawlers. So head on over to trolley.com <laughs> slash where dash two dash by. <laughs> to find where you can get your uh, own bags of trolley and, again. And thank you very much, uh, guys, for all of your comments on social media and YouTube about trolley. Uh, those are really helpful for us. Uh, so if you guys go out and buy some, tweet it at trolley USA. It's great. Thank you. Yes. Thank you all. Thank you, trolley. Um, there was something else I want to do before our uh, producer extraordinaire reminded me that I got a little too excited and skipped the trolley read. The only job that I have on the show. Um, <laughs> can't remember. Oh. Yeah. Go watch the interview with contracts. Okay. Let's go. First, Did you ask him out at the end. Is it like I, one of those? Is it one of those awkward conversations where you like pr surprise propose to him? No, 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 no. And put him on the spot. Awkward. I'm not, I'm not the interviewer <laughs> in LCS that does awkward. That's. Oh, oh, shit. Right, oh, shit. Oh, wait. Okay. Yeah, you know what? Great. All right. I, I said I wasn't going to do it, guys, and I'm going to do it. <laughs> the, the, okay. The press conference, the press conference afterwards, right? When I started my journey being media, I made tactical cry. After they lost, when he was on Team Liquid, because I was like, hey, man, I know you just lost. You know, it's difficult. Can, can you tell me how you feel? And he started crying. And then, like, Dom and everyone else were trolling me like you made tactical cry. Yes. Now. And he was bad for two years after. He couldn't recover. But continue. <laughs> so now <laughs> I was like, okay, I won't, I won't ask the first question. I'll let other people ask questions. And other people are asking questions. And my God, we were asking some ass questions. They were, like, Cloud9 just lost. And you want to have them... Talk about how you think the number one seed in North America is going to do at Worlds. Like when players are under duress and lose, uh, un uh, and, and like and feel bad about it because Team Liquid didn't feel too bad about it. They played a best of five. It was a great series, and they were okay. They're still going to Worlds. Uh, you you don't ask them to calculate things in your head or what they could have done better. You ask them what did they think happened. Right. Like go to the past, use an example. What did they think happened and how do they feel? Which is even more risky because they could blow up on you. They could cry. But in my opinion, those are two questions. But when you're asking like a very, very specific moment, you don't give examples. It was so shit. There was a great question asked by remote media. It was like, hey, in game four of this series against energy, 
you guys were on blue side and you banned Kaisa, but Kaisa had been popping off. And then you opted into the Draven Zeri. Why did you do that? That's a brilliant question. But we had a lot of questions that were not that and that they just, they weren't directed to people. Like it, we got to do better. Let's do have better. Seen, guys. Have you seen the meme where it's just like a bunch of soldiers and then there's one guy in like a clown suit just crouched with them and it says they just letting anybody in. That, that's that's literally what it feels like watching those press conferences. It, it's you hear the questions and it's like this guy is supposed to be a trained interviewer. And it's like you just won. How does it feel to win? And it's like uh, good. Yeah, man, it feels really good to win. I mean, it's better than losing. So, yeah, I mean, we're happy that we won. Like, what the fuck are <laughs> these people doing? But that's a fine question. Like, even that was a fine question. I think it's just more I about like, hey, question. don't extrapolate too much information, especially from the losing team. It was like, hey, do you, do you think uh, who who do you think is the strongest team going to North America? Fudge was like, well, it's energy because they're the number one team. Like it was like, all right, great, great question. Great question, everyone. <laughs> Next. Like, come on, we can do better. We can do better with these guys, with the guys' time. We need to respect their time. So uh no, we did not make out. I did not ask him out. I gave him a hug. We got a little teary-eyed. It was great. That's great. That's touching. Yeah. All right. I'm happy for him. They did, you know, honestly, they did a very good job of like telling his story, both of his life and through the playoffs this time. Um, which was, I thought, really interesting and not something I had seen the LCS do before, which also goes to show that they really missed an opportunity to feature contracts over the years if his story was so compelling and they just didn't do it in spite of the fact that he's been in this league for years and years and years. Well, I think the, the problem is that there was nothing to like back. It yeah. wasn't like there, there was no payoff. It was like, it's like, man, he's been through a ton of shit and he's still going through shit. Like there was no like happy ending to the story. <laughs> As as the contracts fan, I agree. Contracts was the <laughs> he was the uh, spark plug. He was the change of pace guy, but he hadn't solidified and grown as a player in the way that um, I think he had now. And I think the league caught it at the right time and told told the good story. So uh, yeah. I'm, I'm happy that they did and and it worked out. We'll we'll get to uh, we'll get to these playoffs and energy in just a little bit. Let's head to our first segment of the day. It's time. For everyone's favorite. Actually, people told me. Uh, also, thank you to the fans that came and said hi and said all the nice things about myself, Dom and Monty. And LS. You know, throw LS in there as people well. People said nice things about me. That's a Yes. Yes. They said nice <laughs> things about you. I was surprised too. <laughs> I don't believe it. Uh, but, I believe even less that they said anything nice about me. <laughs> what the nah. fuck? Well, I guess they said I love watching you guys. Maybe they didn't say, man, I really yeah, love yeah, his. That's, <laughs> that's That's kind of. It's kind of nice. Okay. We'll take uh, it. But when people like that really watched the show, were like, my favorite segment was a high key, low key, no key. Fraud alert got a lot of love. Like there was a lot of fraud alert. <laughs> so uh, let's get to our first fraud alert of the week and the only one of the week. Uh, we got some fraudulent teams here. It's our disappointing playoff favorites that ended up sucking ass. Excel, Cloud9, and KT. Let's get into it. All right. What? what how are you hold, rating? Hold up, this? hold up. I got. I have a story. So I, you know, sometimes on the very, you know, the rare occasions I play League of Legends. I was playing with some of my friends uh, the other day, and um, somebody stole my name on the ladder, Monte Cristo, 
Um, so I was playing under a different ID that anyway. Um, but somebody, one of my, one of my friends was like talking in chat and like, we had some, you know, you know, garbage player on my team and I was telling him what to do. And he was like, if you are Monte Cristo, I understand why people don't like you. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought was hilarious. (laughs) I had a good laugh. (laughs) <laughs> what? How? How? Oh, you told your friends told them that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, Damn. that's fucked up, kind of. I think I think that's funny. really cool. I think that's a really good bird. I mean, I, I, I don't know the last time I used my name on the ladder. Like normally, the way it works is like I'll play, and then people that I know like will, uh, will like it'll eventually get out, you know. But I never go into like a ladder grind with my ID. Like that just sounds like come fucking hit me like come yeah. punish me and like ruin my fucking life yeah <laughs> uh, we're we're too low of elo to make that happen mine is a is, it's a two statement sequence every time it's are you the real Degon? and then the second one from like usually like two people so it hurts my feelings so it's who the fuck is Degon? That's <laughs> so what I've learned is I'm 11% famous because there's 10 <laughs> players in the game. I'm one of the players. So one out of nine knows who I am. And then two out of nine are curious. So not bad. Not bad. Yeah, it's good yeah. advertising. You know, you're, you're reaching a broader market every time. Bro, if, if, if they say that and then say, tell LS or Dom or Monty something for me, <laughs> I just spam the time of the show. <laughs> and, and I'm winning only if I'm winning, but I'll spam the time of the show. Hey, learn how to play this good uh, uh, on Power Spike at 10 a.m. You know, boom, done. It's okay. Great. Uh, and uh, speaking of spammers, ugh, fuck, I fucked that transition up. Let's get to Excel, Cloud9, and KT. All right, we're <laughs> uh, we've got some fraud teams here that were supposed to have playoff success, playoff glory. So let's start with Excel. Excel again having that fairy uh fairy book storybook run there uh fairy tale storybook run in the lec to slide into the season finals of europe um had had high hopes coming into this matchup against a mad lions team that i said usually gets a playoff buff but i also believed you guys that you know they were informed they're the informed team and they came out flat, and now they find themselves in the lower bracket side of things. They're one series elimination away from the fairy tale storybook ending, uh, and having it just come and crashing down. Guys, on a scale of one to ten, how fraudulent is Excel? I'm gonna start here. I'll go for like a four out of ten fraudulency because I think Mad Lions did play better, and they can still make worlds. I mean, if Excel, like Excel. The, the interesting thing is that they're massive underdogs to Fnatic. They're massive underdogs. If you want to do your fucking esports bet shout out, this would be the time. They're massive underdogs. 3.6 underdogs. Holy moly. That's actually crazy. That's worth a fire, right? Beat them. They just beat them in a best of five like two days ago. Like, like a fucking, well, I guess it's actually like a month ago because the LEC schedule is so terrible. But they they beat that team fairly recently. So it's surprising that the, the odds are actually that bad for XL? Sure. Like, I don't think that they're that terrible of a team. I think Mad Lions showed up and they they played the way that you'd expect Mad Lions to play. So I wasn't super disappointed by um, XL. They did look a little bit weaker, um, but I don't think that they're just doomed all out versus Fnatic. I go a little bit higher. I would say a 5 out of 10. Like We certainly expected more, especially considering Mad Lions' recent performance. Now, we always put a lot of caveats saying that 
Mad Lions does step up when it matters. Um, if anything, in their loss streak, Carzy had looked good and he continued to look really good over the course of this series. But, you know, a lot of it was, I think, you know, El Yoya mostly and Chasey kind of bouncing back from having tough runs. But also, I think, to to the more of the fraudulency of XL, you know, when they got the the Maokai band against them and they had the Tristana band and the, the Rumble band against them, these were kind of three picks that were powering a lot of their success. Mm -hmm. And even though Peach got the Sejuani, you see Sejuani has a skill shot. And so that was really Peach's undoing <laughs> in many <Yeah>. ways. <laughs> you know, they serve the same function, but Maokai, all you have to do is kind of pick a direction and press R whenever somebody on your team tells you to do that. Uh, whereas Sejuani, you have to kind of aim a little bit. Um, so that, that was proved kind of problematic. So I thought, you know, Abadaga getting a zero would be pretty good, but they really didn't have a lot of... Um, yeah, a, a lot of bright spots, and especially because they were they were winning based off of a lot of their shot calling and macro. And in some of these games, I mean, game two, like, come on, guys, you're 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 brush camping and you all in on an Alistair with ult up and then just all die in the jungle. What the yeah, fuck are you guys weird. doing? Like, why are you why are you taking fights when you are trying to ambush an Alistair with ult up and a Nar who has a full Nar bar and about to turn mega? <laughs> Literally because of Hilly. Anyone else that would okay. be like, ah, oh, his team like could be behind him, but with Hilly, they're like, just kill him. He's inting. Hilly's inting. He always ints. And then, but he's not inting. Damn. Gotta get fucked. Yeah. Uh, my my question would be, can you int when you have Alistair ult up? It's hard. It's really hard. It's harder. I would just say hard. It's, I mean, it's you can int your ult for sure. Like that's that's a huge problem. If you just like end up walking up and you blow your ult, like that is sure. a long cooldown, and then you're useless sure. after. So you can like sure. int, but you, you might not die for it. But you can ruin like the whole game. It's like when Gumayushi ran down mid and oh, lost God. flash and cleanse for no reason, and he didn't die for it. But like he lost the whole team, the game alone, and he should be punished. Yeah. Like when that happened, I felt I felt similarly to like how they probably felt when they saw <laughs> Hilly walking around with ult. You know. I, I, I'm kind of surprised. I feel like you guys had to have this fraud alert a little low. I mean, you you both picked Excel to beat Mad Lions, though. Like, I felt like in, in that episode, yeah, I was the one. Mad Lions lost nine games in a row. Yeah. Mad Lions, if you actually look at the talent on this roster and what they've been able to accomplish, even this year, I mean, look at spring, right? This is a good team. We don't know why they were doing so badly. That It was a mysterious reason. Now, we have to assume they're going to continue in their current form, right? We didn't right. expect... Uh, I mean, to be fair, we also, I think, predicted them to do well in the summer playoffs because we said, ah, this is just some regular season shit. Like, they, they show up when it matters, historically. Mm -hmm. And they didn't. And so we said, oh, well, they didn't show up this time. Maybe they are boom. But they were not boom, it turns out. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> they were not boom. So so maybe so maybe Mad Lions were the ones that deserved to be on fraud alert because they were fraudulently bad. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Good. They All were right. fraudulently bad. That is a that is a hundred percent true. Uh they should never have been doing this badly. Uh we hadn't seen, I think, a run where El Yoya had performed so badly ever, you know, in his career. So yep. I, th I think uh, and, and Chasey, you know, had been good for a lot of this year yeah. already. And he was just kind of mysteriously poor. lost form. Yeah, yeah but it, it looked a lot better this time around. So it was encouraging. And I, I think at least Carzy, too, like I said, he continued the run of form that he had. He was like the only player playing well on the team for a while. And now he, he continued to kind of do well. But I was I think with Excel, 
the 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 three bands they never really were able to make anything work without one of the Tristana Maokai or um or Rumble which I think was you know we we credit Mad Lions coaching frequently and I think those were good bands and it was a 3-0 because XL couldn't get over not having those picks which have been pretty core to their run um all right, I feel I feel pretty convinced. That was that was a good convincing. When when you both gave low scores, my gut reaction was like, eh, but yeah, the, I still the, think the Fanatic's going to win the series against XL as well. Yeah, right. I, I mean, I think they'll win. I don't know if they'll win as hard as the odds are predicting. Like, <laughs> it, it's crazy yeah, that a team that just crazy. won the best of five is being rated as like, oh, they have no chance. Like, one point two odds is essentially what like G two have versus Mad Lions. Where it's like G2 is considered just the best team by far in the region. Yeah. Seems strange. All right. Well, I also uh, think we'll see Fnatic mirror the bands that we saw uh, Bad Lions do. And until XL shows they can win games without those picks, there's no reason to change the bands against them. Okay. Well, uh, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll see how XL um, adjust and make, make a difference here. Hopefully they'll be able to bounce back. Because Fanatic of Worlds, man. Fanatic Fanatic as the number four seed. Man, this is so cool. Actually, I as much as logistically this uh uh world's qualifying series is is a nightmare and has changed locations a bajillion times and the more I mean, it's much about better it, it's now. It's much better now. Yeah. It makes it, more sense to put it in Korea for sure. Yes. It it still would suck to be there for like two weeks, play one match, and then go home. Uh, look, I do want to give credit to Riot, though, because having it in North America, having the North American team come back, having it weeks before play ends, potentially, because you would need that time for then players to get back to Korea, get reacclimated. So it would have to be probably at least a week before play ends started uh, reasonably in terms of logistics. Um, and then also having the European team be able to go out to Korea and boot camp and get into form and everybody get over jet lag and having it just the day before plans. Honestly, this was a great change by Riot. Really good change. Uh, it should create a better match. It should create a really fun lead-in to play-ins as well, where you have this best of five going straight into play-ins. So I think this was a really good change. Really good change. I, I don't think they keep it, though. You know, what I've what we've seen... Okay, this is my Valorant side coming out a little bit because I was at Media Day for Valorant. But what we've seen Riot start to lean towards now is being way more uh, uh, fluid in their decisions, if it's a bad decision. So like they did their right. their league's been a long time weekends. coming. So hopefully they well, I guess let's see how it goes. Logistically it's been tough and maybe they got to make the decision before we see the outcome of the match and the fan sentiment of the match, but it I think it is cool that we're sending Golden Guardians to shit on whoever Europe sends us forth. That's going to be fun. <laughs> uh, speaking, really of, speaking of North American hopes that will probably let us down. Let's go to Cloud9. Uh, who, uh, a lot of a lot of Cloud9 jerseys and a lot of Cloud9 fans over in New Jersey got let down uh, this weekend as both Energy played well. And also, Cloud9 didn't play to the success that they've had. What do you rate them in terms of fraudulency? Dami went first last time, so we're sending Monty first. Uh, I would give this one probably like a... Seven, seven out of ten. 
I think this was really disappointing from Cloud9. Oh, look, I've been banging the drum. I've been banging the drum, said there's no way MS is staying on this roster next season. Cloud9 is definitely going to get rid of this guy. And I think you see the flaws with what MS brings to this team. He is, we, we've made the same criticism of, of Kana in D, where it goes as follows You can get this guy ahead, but he doesn't win you the game. And he also can be a massive liability at times. He's either just dragging you down or he has a lot of resources and he can't convert them into an actual carry performance. So I, I think MNS is just a very mediocre player and Cloud9 has been propped up by the performances of Blabber and Berserker. And so this team has, you know, kind of a hard ceiling. And we knew MNS was, it's not like a 10 out of 10 because we knew MNS could could kind of like, screw up and and lose games but for palafox like are we really in a world where palafox is the best mid laner in na oh. like that's not a world i want to live in give him his due monty give him his due he's been he's gotten better over time and the mids have gotten worse but he's gotten better I mean, just look at the fall off of some of the players that have come into na in terms of mid laners like vikla was a complete yeah. trash can this yeah. split Yep. Um, Jojo Pian at least got, got MVP in, in the LCS, which I think was, I, you know, maybe I think Berserker deserved it slightly more, but, uh, you know, Jojo Pian did have a very strong standout split. It's just the rest of his team wasn't very good, but Palafox, Palafox has done well. Like he's, he's exceeded expectations. That's for sure. It's not that he hasn't been good or within the conversation of top three. My question is really how bad is the LCS mid lane pool where that is now a reality? Yeah, I mean, it takes the people above him just underperforming heavily. When you look at Gory, for example, he was somebody who was supposed to be dominating, right? Like he was doing well <laughs> oh, man. throughout the entire split. Gory and River, best two, best two, best mid jungle in the league the entire time. And Gory's fall off was like, he that played so disgustingly bad towards the end. It was, <laughs> it was really fucking hard to watch. So when that happens, and MNS also plays like shit, and Vikla also plays like shit, those are all your imports. I think JoJo, like I would, if I had to start a team tomorrow, I would take JoJo over Palafox. That's me. Yes. I think JoJo's a freak, but his team just is so fucking terrible that there's no chance that he could win, right? Like they're swapping out junglers, Ayla's on the team, like enough said. <laughs> revenge played well. Revenge played imagine, well. Imagine, I mean, revenge the, imagine being curb stomped by, by Summit, like right. in, in the last three games. So I don't know if I would say that like he was playing, like maybe <laughs> revenge was... He had a bad day. I'll give Revenge a bad day. I was wrong about Revenge during the season. I was waiting for him to fall off. He didn't fall off. And then he had two bad games, uh, funnily enough, the day that the former Invent Global, probably the greatest North American journalist that's covered League of Legends in the media room, Nick Geraci was there. Nick Geraci was not covered as much. And every day that he came, Revenge put in a stinker. And that was like the tough days yeah. for him. I mean, but it was the two I, days. I, still, like... I feel like players like Jojo get lost in the conversation because, and this is the, the whole thing that I hate about rating players. As soon as somebody wins, they, they become like, Oh, all five players are the best. And I think that energy, the, the storyline isn't that any of them are the best. The storyline is that they're actually just the best team when they played together because they were able to figure out ways to mitigate all the shortcomings that they have as players and find band-aid solutions that will allow them to, pass through those periods of the game or you know get over draft issues and, and become like you know stable and they, they were able to play towards their strengths which we didn't don't see other teams doing like when you watch cloud nine play i don't even know like what their strengths are like their strengths should be just that berserker is really fucking good and blabber is good as well but it's not like they do anything special to get berserker ahead 
I'm not seeing them put extra eggs into the berserker carry basket it's not like they have this like really creative or they have like a very repeated play where at eight minutes they swap for Harold and then they like swap top they give berserker like the full turret and they really accelerate him like there's some teams that will actually do things actively to propel their ad carry ahead of the game when they really believe their ad carry is their best player but we don't see that out of cloud nine um so when i'm watching energy i, I like I, I really don't like the narrative going in the like in the direction of oh these players are really insane i think that it's more like wow these players became like a really good team together because they grinded it out for years and figured out who each other were yep. as like people and players and they were able to put it all together when it matters the most that to me is what the storyline is and i feel like people are so quick to just be like oh they won they're the best like yeah you won you must be the best like i would say that none of them are the best not one player on that team is the best in yep. their position uh I, that's I think why the story is so cool I think you may be able to make some argument that in this meta, Ignar is the best support if he's on uh, if he's on engaged. I think Ignar had a really good playoff run, but I think that's it. Like, is he the best all round support player? No. Is he the best support player in this meta? Possibly. I think that's a fair argument you could make. But outside of him, I agree with you. I, I honestly thought your point was, I know you just won the championship, but there is no best. And I thought you meant like, <laughs> like you're the best team. No, no, no. You're just, there is no best because you won and everyone else has been playing ass. There is no, no best. The players are not the best. The team is got the it. best. Got it. Got I, it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So I, I think cloud nine, like pretty, pretty fraudulent. And I agree with your point, Dom. And I think it's a good one that what's frustrating about this roster is that they don't often play to berserker strengths, right? It's not like we're seeing a, bds style elevate crown shot strategy that's going on oftentimes they just you know they have their own drafts and they want to play in a, like they want to play more strategically but they're not actually capable of playing that way so we end up with berserker on ash right and it's like are, do you guys think you're the guys who should be doing this because i don't <laughs> think you're the guys who should be doing this yeah um i mean when they play draven it like doesn't even make sense because sven's worst champions are all the engagers so they have yep. to play like this Draven Renata lane <laughs> and they never visit bot. When I'm looking at this team, I'm just screaming like, please go some type of fucking Lulu comp. Like I was just, I was, I was yes. begging for it. I'm like, if you're watching what's happening around the world, you're watching LCK and LCK, they realized, Hey, if people are just blinding Alistar, blinding Braum, these types of picks, you really called that Lulu. by the way, Dom, you really called that. I called like, that a you, month ago. Yeah, yeah. You really called that. That's, that's, that's an option. So if that's possibility, how is Sven not the guy in LCS that's playing it when he was by far the best Lulu, the best Yumi? Like, I, I'm, I just don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. That's why it's so frustrating to watch Cloud9 because their adaptations, it's like, it feels like they don't know themselves. And I wonder if that comes from players having too much like agency themselves within the team. Like everyone is considered a good player. So they're all willing to say like, hey, like I can play this champion. I can play this champion. Like, oh, I'll play this here. And they're not real enough with each other to be like, look, you're better at fucking Lulu than you are at all this other bullshit that you're trying to play. This Rakan is disgusting. Like, I, I hate to break to you. Rakan is disgusting. We don't want to see your rel. Nautilus, maybe you can get away with it every now and then. But, like, if we have a Lulu option, take it. Take that shit. No, I, that I is agree like with our you. free win. We give a Lulu to Berserker. He's going to 1v9 every game. You saw what he was doing on the Zeri when he's playing literally 1v5 with no help, like no enchanter. Like he's actually 1v5ing team fights. Now add a Lulu on top, it's over. He'll, he'll win the whole game alone.
I agree. I, I think the issue is like they saw a Renata angle because Renata in the final game is good into energy's composition in the mid and late game. And you see Zeri Alistair and you think, well, we can get the Renata through laning phase here, but it doesn't actually accomplish the goal of getting the Draven ahead. So what, what happens is you end up having to hope that in some sort of mid-game team fight, there's a Renata ult that's going to cause the Draven to cash in, right? So it's it's just, it's kind of awkward because you can't be as aggressive as you want and you you have very specific timings. And if those timings don't work, then Berserker never does anything, which is kind of what happened in this game. Yep. Uh, what do you rate him, Dom, number-wise? So the thing about this is it's really hard for me because... I thought that energy overperformed. I don't think cloud nine showed up and played worse than they actually are. I think they literally are just that bad. Like, so I don't know if I consider them fraudulent because I think that energy just showed up and over and played on a level that we weren't expecting with champions that we weren't expecting them to play. And they exposed cloud nine for being as shitty as they actually are. So I guess my fraudulency scale, I would go like same as XL, like a four or three, something like that, because I actually just believe that this is cloud nine's level. I don't think that they, like we're showing that they are really good and then they ended up being frauds. How many games did they win just showing up to third Drake and just Berserker carries the game randomly? Oh, Berserker <laughs> carried the game. Cool. Berserker is just like the fucking goat. He's just 1v9ing every time. How they, they have no cohesive early game plans. There's nothing that they have like as a repeated play in their arsenal. We owed NRG in the upper bracket. Surely we expected a stronger performance I from agree. them here. I, 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 mean, I, I expected I expected them to win. I expected them to 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 I don't know if I expected a stronger performance, though. That that's that's where I take a point. Uh, like it, uh, like I, I object to it. I don't think that they should be playing better than they were. I think that that is just their level, and energy just let them get away with it in the first series. And even game one, it felt like like it was going to be another one of those C nine championships where it's like, oh, they're just doing their thing, and you know, energy is just not able to play solid enough games to expose this team. So to me, it's not like C9 being fraudulent. It's like NRG playing way better than expected and NRG actually figuring out things in the last week that they just so, didn't know before. What we didn't see from C9 this time that we saw throughout a lot of the playoffs and, and especially in the upper bracket final was that they were able to kind of punish mistakes and NRG wasn't clean in the late game. Like they got caught out. Like, the, you know, they should have won game three of that first series, but it was Cloud9 TPing it from behind with the Corky that was ending ending up winning them that that third and final game, and Energy did have a very significant lead. So I expected Cloud Nine to at least be able because one thing that Cloud Nine does is that they don't give up and they always try and make plays, which I give a lot of credit to them. But we didn't really see that same commitment to aggressive playmaking even when they were behind in this series that actually caused them to close out the first series against NRG. So that's, that's was disappointing to me. Um, you know what, Monty, now's the time where we, we go to the Dom names, because if you ask him a question during fraud alert, he actually becomes, I will not rate. What number are you giving? You said four. I said, I said like, uh, yeah, I said like three. All right. Three less three. than XL. Okay, thank you. I, I actually uh, just believe that Cloud9 is a bad team. Like, I think that they just don't have the, like, I think they're going to get fucked at Worlds. This is the same guy who said that Cloud9 will win NA easily, by the way. So you can extrapolate yeah. from his thought process about what he thinks about NA as a region. Yes. <laughs> I will extrapolate. Yep, there we go. But remember, I will when I said that they're going to win easily, I said that I hated the way they were going to fucking do it. Like, I hated the way they won their title it's in not, spring, too. It's yeah, not calling you out. Either. I'm just saying that, you know, 
it, it, I think your your logic is internally consistent. I just think it's funny that you're basically just calling all of NA even more shit, which isn't wrong. But the way you're doing it is just such such a it's, kind it's of a nuanced backward way. way. Like, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> if I just come out and I'm say and I say NA is so shit, they're like, we've heard this before. But if I give you like the if I give you the reach around, then you you're not expecting it the same way. So yeah. See again, people that uh, watch Dom's content don't like it straight up. They like the reach around. All right. <laughs> Lastly, we've got uh, for our uh, KFEs, it's KT, who uh, also deserved to be on the show. And it seems like we'll be a little bit higher on Dom's uh, yes. rating system of fraudulency. <laughs> Let's go there. How do you see KT, the number one seed from the LCK from the regular season? Where they find, uh, where do they end up on your fraudul- fraudulency? So, Let's let's take a second to just think about it from the LCK perspective. Sure, right? I will wait. If you look at the LCK perspective, they have the five best players, the MVP, and the best coaching staff. So they <laughs> should be 10 out of 10 fraudulency for everyone Korean, right? Like all, all the Korean voters and stuff, like they have to be 10 out of 10 fraudulency because that that's literally, that means that you have no flaws. You have an insane coaching staff. You have the best player in the league and you have the best players in every position. So like, there's there's nothing you could potentially lose. I'd say for me, they're like a nine out of ten. If they like went to finals and then lost to Gen G in like a really close five game series, I probably would accept it. You know, I'd be like, you know what, they they weren't the best, but they were at least close. The fact they lost to T1, I mean, T1 had so many issues. They're I mean, we saw what Genji did to them in finals, right? How easily it was, how easily Genji was able to dismantle everything that T1 had been doing up until that point. So when I'm watching KT and they're struggling so hard to like come up with positive drafts, come up with like ideas that actually hurt T1 in any way. And then even like in the fucking game, they should have won the game. They should have just won game five, you know, like, they, but they just <laughs> grief in terms of shot calling when it matters. So I, I would say it was, it was a, it was a, T, it was a KT choke. Like they, they should have been able to win this. If they were playing at their best level, right. they would win this series. So there, I think there's two takes on the game five because obviously like, so what was so confusing about KT? And I agree with Dom. They're pretty high on the fraudulency meter. You don't end, you know, only losing one best of three, the entire and split and not make finals and also lose the T1 twice in very winnable series, but it's the way they lost, you know, KT, um, the, it, uh, in both series against T1, there were some really severe early game deficits that were just unforced errors. I mean, in the first best of five, it was their weird ass like Leona Varus alt level one all in um, that caused them to get really far behind in bottom lane. They almost lost game four because Lehens was just like face checking a brush for no reason. Um, game number five, BDD just gets mysterious. I mean, we don't even know how it happened. It looked like Faker probably hit level two faster. And so like, managed to chunk out BDD, which really hurt his laning phase and the and any kind of pressure that he would have had on the map with the Vagar. But also just very strange decision making. Like, why are you fighting for a second Drake in game number five when your Vagar has a tear and a catalyst? Like, just don't fucking do that. You don't need this second dragon, KT. Just let it go. You're you're trying to scale into the late game anyway. Why give them more of an advantage? And yeah, KT could have won this game, especially once they, I mean, they stole two Barons, which was like fucking ridiculous. One of them was kind of lucky from Cuz. The other one was just like actually a really nice steal from from aiming and, and then BDD using Spellbook to swap to Smite after they killed Owner. Um, but they also got the Elder Dragon and and Dom to Dom's point, like if you don't 
push down mid lane, you will have Elder on a couple members of your team at the next Baron fight. Like, use that time to set up for Baron instead because you're not going to end the game and you're not accomplishing really anything. And and they lost... Um, who was it? I think it was Lehens or Cuz on that push. So only aiming had the the Elder Dragon buff afterwards. So I think KT like was really sloppy. They were lucky, I think, to even be in that game. Um, you know, why is BDD losing lane to Faker? Like Faker was getting clapped in lane like a lot of the, the playoff series that he had, including the last series that they played against KT. So it was really disappointing. Um it was really disappointing. Why take these risks early on? Why are you guys losing lane this early on in many of these games? They just felt super overeager. What 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 uh, number do you give them, Monty? Oh, like an eight, probably. I mean, I, it, it was just crazy to watch this. You know, why is why is Lehen? I, I mean, it was credit to T1. Like the Lulu pick was really good. We did see like eight support bans in the first game, which really hurt Lehens and like put him on the singed, but. The Singe just isn't good, as we saw into the, the Zeri-Lulu combination. Like, it's just bad. Yeah. <laughs> I think they panicked and didn't really know what to do um, with all those support bands coming through. And they never, they never took away, like, the Azir from Faker. Like, you saw in Game 3, when they, when they banned Azir, Faker's on fucking Cassiopeia, and they're just getting owned. Like, they're just getting yeah. rocked by KT. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, let's give Faker the Nico. Faker can play two champions right now. Those champions are Nico Azir and Azir. and Nico. Yeah, exactly. Don't Guma can only play Zaya pretty much. Like, we saw the fucking, we saw the Guma, like, Guma's historically is dog bad. shit Zeri. <laughs> of course I'm going to say that. He's a historically dog shit Zeri. Like, he just, he gets near the wall and he cannot control himself when it comes to wall riding into like the whole enemy team. Like he just cannot fucking control himself. He's it's always a, been a bad Zeri. His Draven is like, it's, you can deal with it. You can definitely deal with his Draven. And then like outside of that, I mean, what do you like? His Aphelios is fine, I guess. His Kaisa is pretty good. But his Zaya is his best champion. Why? Because Guma's a fucking inter. And what does Zaya do? It stops you from inting. That one <laughs> time, like imagine if he's playing on his mid turret, right? Like at, 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 during the Genji game three, T1 versus Genji game three in the finals. And wait, instead wait, wait, of wait, having wait, to wait, cleanse Flash, he just had Zaya ulti. We'll, we'll, we'll save that for our next segment. All right, we've got our fraudulent but it's relevant to this one yeah. is a fucking inter he yeah. is an inter you like, know what he has that int in him and that's why t1 <laughs> will never win another fucking final again you hear me they'll never win a final again until they get rid of this ad carry because he's not consistent enough and the other ad carries in the world are just better than him i love that he's like he doesn't have that dog in him he has that int in him. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. also i i forgot dog how... with the int in him <laughs> I forgot how much, uh, how much, how deep in him. the T1 uh, hate basket you can go to. So my bad for cutting <laughs> off a little early. Yeah. But uh, we've got know. our fraudulent teams. We've got lowish fours for XL. We got lowish for Cloud Nine. A little higher for Monty. Nah, I said seven. I think they were expected to win that final. And then KT, we we've got al hard. almost meter breaking. Almost meter breaking. <laughs> I don't think anything is gonna. I, look, I'm not. I don't. I, I I take into account my own evaluations of these teams, and obviously, like I was against what happened with KT. As as KT, if I KT number one's fan was against all five players being nominated to first team All Pro, and I was especially against Lehan's MVP, 
Uh, you know, I didn't have the same level of expectations, but this is still undoubtedly extremely disappointing for them to lose in these back-to-back -back series. And I thought, well, surely they're not going to do any stupid shit in lane because they're the better team in the in the mid and late game. Nope, here comes the stupid shit in lane again. Somebody just randomly losing for no reason warps the entire gameplay around that. I will How say they the fucking draft in game one. What the fuck was that? <laughs> what the fuck was the draft in game one? Like Singe support was a. It's because there were eight support bands, dude. It's that's why, and the, he didn't know what to do. That's yeah, why. I that mean, there's happened. more than eight support champions, bro. Like there, there's a million support <laughs> champions that are viable in this fucking game. I, I yeah, yeah. I mean, like they banned sure, but they banned eight engaged supports. I mean, they really like tried to do okay. so, and I think I think it was just it's game one shit. They were trying to do something a little bit unorthodox, right? And but it was bad. Actually, it was bad one of the worst times you could ever end up picking this champion like the the singe just makes no sense into lulu you just get auto the whole time you saw him like flash level two he's like look i'm putting surprise like there's nothing that that champion does yeah. in this game like the only reasoning i could come to for why they would pick uh this champion is because enemy team had some dashes and they thought maybe w value was gonna be relatively high that's the only thing i could come up with but yeah i mean you have what Alistar, Nautilus, Rakan, Rel, Leona, Amumu, and Threshband. Okay, enemy team goes Lulu. Why not just go like a Soraka or something? Why not yep. just go something that, that will answer the enchanter? And like, why do you need to have an engaged support? Like, it doesn't even feel like you need engage in this game. You're the team with Zerath Kaisa. You're playing essentially a poke comp. I don't yep. even think there's a, a reasoning wh why you why you have to go and engage um, support. But the, so the KT was just really terrible. play poke comps would be my answer to you as as a team that's not their identity and they already so, had Zareth and Kaisa. Yeah, I was gonna say Zareth is there. I'm just letting you know. Now I'm just saying that hasn't been that hasn't been who they've been. Well, then they should have changed their top three. They should have and and also if your support is that restricted in champ select, then what you need to do is you need to pick your support one two three. You say I mean, they, they were they were they were also responsible for three of the support bands. So, you know, yeah. they didn't do themselves any favors. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think what you do is on R3, you pick your support, you ban two counters to the support. Boom. There you go. That's your your strategy here. So I thought that their game one draft was really weird. Um, I didn't like it at all, really, because you, you also have to consider what they're giving up, right? They gave up Azir to Faker and Aatrox to Zeus. And that's like both of their best champions, I would say, right now. If I, were, if I were to think about what is Zeus's favorite thing to play right now, it's like Lethality Aatrox, right? Isn't that what he's just playing like every game? Like, it feels like that's his that's his shit. And then Azir is Faker shit too. So you somehow opted into a draft where you didn't get anything special that you wanted and you gave them everything they wanted and you ended up with a Singe support. Like, it was an abomination of a draft. All right, maybe maybe do we want to revisit those numbers one more time? A nine and a eight. Eight. Nope. Okay, I'll right. take my nine. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll save the tens for the truly uh, egregious. Um. All right. So that was fraud alert, man. That was just one segment. We got like a ton to do today. Uh. Now is the favorite segment that I have. The second favorite segment that I have, other than Degon's fact of the week, sponsored by no one still looking for sponsors for that one. Uh, it's time to name Dom when he's doing things. We got to figure out a better name for this. <laughs> got to give the shout outs to our our commenters that have been uh, dropping the great nicknames all throughout on uh, our socials, whether it's on YouTube over at Last Free Nation, on Instagram uh, on, at Last Free Nation. 
and of course here on our Twitch channel, Inside on Esports. So let's begin. Uh, if Dom ever chooses to become a father, he will be I will inseminate. That's a good one to start things. Or off. I will procreate. I will procreate, right? <laughs> we, we, we did I, I will procreate. So I'm trying to find the different ones. If Dom joins the Monty and Wolf show, he will I Korean fillet. Uh, shit. I will Korean fillet. Late. Yeah. I will Korean fillet. I'm okay. say fillet. No, that, that would not be what I'd be doing in that show. Just, just so you know. I would be the heel of that show. When, so what would that be? I will Korean hate. Probably I will Korean <laughs> hate. Yeah, something yeah. like that. <laughs> I will LCK hate. Let's let's not make it a people. All right. Yeah, sure. Uh, when... <laughs> I mean, here, to be buddy. honest, That's I don't why I'm here, hate buddy. LCK that much. I only really hate T1. Like when I talk about <laughs> other teams, like I don't have hatred for them. Like the only team that I really have like deep seated really hatred in my heart for is T1. He just hates the fans, which is fair. Uh, I hate all right. Team too. Uh, <laughs> when dom has jury service he is i will deliberate i will ju adjudicate i, I will <laughs> adjudicate was pretty good too all right. well adjudicate is like you're yeah. the judge right you're just more deliberating unless you're the uh what is the head um juror called is, is there is there a word foreman. for that the foreman the foreman uh is it well, then what is the a security guard called bailiff okay I thought the bailiff was a foreman. All right. I did whatever. I don't want I don't want to know whatever. Thanks justice system. All right. Next up, when someone does a favor for Dom and he wants to return the favor, he becomes I will reciprocate. I will reciprocate. That is great. <laughs> I like this place now. This is fun. <laughs> uh when Dom plays league and survives a fight with 1 HP, he becomes I don't know. I don't know this one. I will escape. <laughs> <laughs> that one's not bad. Uh, I think it's the one HP part that gives away. It's I will calculate. It was oh, okay. Calculate. Ah, yeah. okay. Uh, <laughs> when Dom gets older and has to take old man pills, he will become. I will. I will medicate. I will medicate. That's correct. Okay. Let me find one more, and we'll call it a day. There's uh, another medicate. I will. <laughs> This one doesn't rhyme. If Dom actually does his BDSM OnlyFans, he will be. I will dominate. I don't know. <laughs> I will dominatrix. Close. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. It doesn't rhyme, so it couldn't be I will dominate. Okay. Makes yeah, sense. Well, that, that's okay. Uh, you know, you're here for the name. You're here for the name. Perfect. Right, great job, everyone. Thank you again for all of our fans for the comments. Keep them coming. We'll do our best to try and pick unique ones. Please send it on over and make sure if you haven't already, like our videos, comment on them with the, obviously the funny nicknames and subscribe to the channels. It helps us a lot to keep going across all of our last free nation shows. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, next up, the reason why I had to uh, stop Dom for a little bit, but then realized, no, never mind. Dom is an endless pool of hatred for this team. Uh, mm -hmm. It's time for everyone's favorite. Uh, segment by our friends over at Trolley devoured because T1 got their luscious heads and bodies chewed up <laughs> by Gen G in the finals in a, a 3 0 fashion. Let's get to it, y'all. All right. Again, thanks to our friends over at Trolley for making this episode possible. 
And now's the time where we like to tell you about our favorite flavors. I said earlier, my favorite flavor was the raspberry blueberry. Monty, what is your favorite flavor? Of I have to agree. I have to agree with you. That one's super good from the very berry. Dude, I've yeah, always been a cherry jam. lemon guy. <laughs> no way, dude. <laughs> cherry lemon's the best one. <laughs> no way, dude. Where is it? Let's get in there. That's the worst one. Because that one actually is like sour and stays sour. This one does not. This one is No, sweet. the cherry lemon one, I think, is the sweetest one. With the cherry? Yeah, but the lemon. But the lemon's like a sweet <laughs> lemon. Nah, that's the best one. <laughs> All right, well. It's like cherry they, lemonade. Come on, it's great. Well, remember, our, our, our friends over at Trolling want to remind you that they want nothing more than for you to chew their delicious sours heads and bodies into pieces. <laughs> Who are you to say no to them? Make sure to get your tongue-twisting, mind-warping sour thrills over at trolley.com. Mm. All right. Hey, man, what? What? <laughs> I said amen. Oh, oh amen. amen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. All right, now Let's you can go it. on your, your T1 rants that they have been completely destroyed by, by Gen G in the finals. Well, before you do, before you do, I went to Reddit, which I haven't done often lately, but mm -hmm. I went to Reddit, and one of the top post was Chinese T1 fans send truck to T1 building. Here's the picture. Uh, it is it is in Korean, so I don't... Oh, it is in Korean, but it was, the picture is from Weibo, so I, I guess maybe it was a Korean... I don't know how we know it's a Chinese fan, but that's what the thing says. And it says, above pictures text says, players damage per gold should be proportional to their trash talking. Except Zaya, DPM is very low. And then the other picture says, T1 should hire ADC substitute player. Trucks are mainly aimed at Gumiyushi's performance at, LC at the LCK finals. Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but overheard they're planning to send another truck to blame T1 jungler owner. Who is this source and how do they know they're going to send another truck? Kind of it's the guy. It's the guy that's sending the trucks. Like that's the only <laughs> possible explanation. Oh, I he heard is the guy they... sending the trucks. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, you brought up the point earlier. Really, only Zaya what he's comfortable on. He had a terrible Ophelios game where he was whiffing ults left and right. It, it, it was it was uncharacteristic of Gumiyushi. But was it Dom? No, it wasn't uncharacteristic of Gumiyushi. Like, Gumiyushi, I think, is... He's somebody who was playing the best on the team when Faker wasn't there, but you see his strengths and weaknesses, like, very... They're, they're extremely glaring. And this brings me back all the way to 2022 spring, where these mistakes started to, like, really show up, where he would just consistently get caught mid. And every time he would mm -hmm. get caught mid, Karyo would be there with, like, Tom Kench or Thresh A or lantern. something <laughs> and save him, right? Yep. And everyone kept on telling me that it's, like, the reason Guma keeps on getting caught is because he knows he has a lantern. And you could tell based off his movement that it wasn't like he was aware that he has a lantern. He's, like, playing. He's, like, microing to the side of the lantern. He's doing something to set up that lantern play. It was literally just that he's unaware of his surroundings. And we saw this over and over again in, in, in this series. And then also... Like, when you're looking at, at these games, I mean, game one, Faker, Jace. I mean, I guess this is what happens when you ban out Nico and Azir. He just has nothing to play. Like, Mirror, nothing that he plays. that coming. Even though I said that last week, just fucking bad. Just don't let him have Azir and Nico. Pinch his pool. See what he can do. Because I said he had two and a half champs. His other half champ is Jace, by the way, in these playoffs. It's not a champ.
it's I think <laughs> his case is like it's so hard to watch compared to like top tier chase players. And I think Chovy just dismantled him for, for most of the series, but definitely that game three T one should have won, but Guma, you know, he, he wanted to make sure it was a three Oh. And also I've got to say, man, as somebody who people have been hyping up as like the LCK, like golden child of, of, of AD carry Guma's literally just been eclipsed by pays in terms of accomplishments, but in terms of just actual skill, like it looks like pays is just a better AD carry than Guma at this point in one year. And he's 17. Pays is the I, one. I, I, I think it's also, <laughs> I mean, Pays is just a ridiculous Zeri player, which really helps. Um, it, it does shine a light again onto T1 because Gumiyushi is not a good Zeri player. And it, as usual, T1 has to default to either banning Zeri, which they did a lot of these playoffs, or trying to come up with counters like, say, Lucian Nami on the bot side. Bot side. So they're, they're trying to dig into an old bag of tricks at this point, and they were doing, I mean, they they basically fell behind in the late, yeah, it, they got nerfed and it fell behind in the laning phase. And then how do you survive? Like once you're behind and the Zeri's scaling better and the Talia's just surfing into your lane every three minutes, like it becomes really, really difficult to win that game. But they were losing, you know, they were losing the skirmishes in the early game. And it just felt that Gen G in this series, we talk about being devoured. I mean, holy moly, they had all yeah. the answers. They had all the answers. They came in super prepared. Here's Camille into Zeus's Aatrox. We know that you're going to take so this. Cool. That was awesome. Um, but yeah, also was... Aatrox going lethality in that game was maybe one of the most criminal things I've ever seen. <laughs> you went lethality Aatrox into Camille, Talia, Rakan, Sejuani, and Zeri. In what yeah. world are you going to get away with that? Like, who are you killing? Like, so you're dealing with three frontliners. You're dealing with Talia E, which stylistically, like, just inherently counters everything that you're going to do in a team fight, and Azari is unhittable for you. So in what world it's really, it's really a W and Aatrox out with Talia as well, because yeah, he just kind of stands there. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just a, it was a terrible build for the game. Like, if that game is not a, you know, gorging, or if you're going to go lethality, go Eclipse instead of Dustblade. Like, how are you ever killing somebody and getting a Dustblade reset? I don't know if he got one Dustblade reset in the entire game watching it. He might have got zero. It was I, I, useless. I, I don't think he did, but the like I loved seeing how well Doran played and just saved ults every time the sweet spot for Aatrox was coming down and just was just mind fucking him. He was mind fucking Zeus. And it was it was fun to watch. It was really fun to watch and have a, a pocket pick like that that isn't normally picked. It makes sense, but it isn't in the meta to just pull out for finals and make Zeus like just boom his mental. It was awesome. Yeah, and then also, I mean, having those bands and then, you know, knowing that Faker wasn't going to be able to put pressure down on some of these other picks. So having the Talia ready to kind of support your side lanes if you want to prioritize his pays as Zeri, which was great, I thought. Game number two, you have, okay, well, we're going to give you the Maokai again, but here comes the old end of last year Maokai counter. Silas is back in. Faker's not really able to to convert on the Ari pick in the mid lane because, you know, again... The the it, this is what I thought Genji on on this is what I thought that that T one would have done, which is that Genji on red side of the draft bans Zaya, Nico, Azir. It seemed really straightforward. Like I don't understand what what KT mm -hmm. was doing. It's so fucking crazy that they couldn't figure out these three bans on red side. It's wild to me. Uh, With the and best it, coaching staff too. Yeah, the best coaching <laughs> staff. And, you know they they just go ahead and like okay you don't get Jace either. And you're gonna, you're not gonna get Gragas just in case you try and go back to your spring splits, you know, mid lane pick. 
And so they have they have the Silas there with the better Maokaiol, which by the late game, you know, starts to come online. Also, I mean, it, it's not that Delight has played a lot of Blitzcrank. We've seen more of that from Life and Lehens in LCK. But here he comes again. Well, you're going to pick you're going to pick the Lulu and the the Aphilios. Well, we've got the Blitzcrank to kind of punish you and your lo relatively low mobility in lane. Yeah, it and went then, too far. It was like the Lulu is a good counter to Alistar and Braum if they early pick it, but then they started just blinding Lulu and then they just get Blitzcranked and they can't play the game. So they did ban Blitzcrank in the in some of the, you know, game one, uh, for example. But yeah, I mean, the Blitzcrank could have come up during the KT series as well. And I think that that could have been something that was effective. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think I think this was just this was was really really rough but a big credit to the coaching staff score my all-time favorite player uh coming up big as a coach now winning three out of the four splits that he has uh been a, a head coach for and it looked really good i even liked them pulling out the the nila in the final game this is something that gumiyushi has played before um but really we have seen you know only one game other game ever on it from pays and so it's not something that we expect from him and we didn't see it this split at all from pay so they had this prepared um ended up being a really big factor in in this game they did i will say that genji didn't that game. yeah they didn't play they, they chain inted for like a solid yeah, yeah. five minutes in a row they didn't play well around like they needed to actually set up their wombo combo but you can see the potential you know they they were basically like fighting 4v5s a lot of the time not waiting for the right right setup but this composition, it was the play that was the problem, not the draft. Because this composition of Rakan, Neela, like Maokai Jax, like think about the Wombo if you set that up. Neela ult, you know, you set up with Maokai ult, then you Neela ult people. Um, you can get a Rakan ult down, group people up for a massive counter-strike, you know, leap strike, counter-strike. The, the potential is huge. And you saw that by the end when they actually nailed some of these CC combos. It was yeah, because Goom had no sums because he ran it down. Yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot easier to wombo combo the Draven when he has nothing to defend himself. And he lost the stopwatch. So because he lost both sums yes. for no reason, he lost the stopwatch. And then they lose the next fight because he doesn't have a stopwatch. Instead, he has a GA, which is less yep. useful than the stopwatch. Like... Man, yeah. it, it, I love seeing Guma but, fail, man. It's feel it just warms the heart. Even even if this is going to be a very hard game to play Draven in mid and late game team fights, even if you do have your summoners up, right? Like, it is it is tough. It's tough to play into this comp as Draven. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the problem is that the, he got to the point where they should win out because the only option Genji has is to do that engage on him. But then he had no summoners during that period for no reason. So it was like the one timing where he actually needed to have his summoners. He he lost them. But uh, I, one I just thing think I there's no guarantee even with his summoners, he survives that fight. But sure. uh, yeah, you have to set up the fight properly, which is something that T1 doesn't even like. When I watch T1 play, the reason why I don't think T1's a good team is it feels like their strategies are like, number one, I hate owner's pathing. He just paths top like every game regardless. It doesn't matter if he has a Draven on it. Like it just doesn't matter. Like he's just pathing top almost every game regardless. And then it feels like they're they show up to fight every Drake, even if they shouldn't be fighting Drakes. And then they just start bearing at 20 minutes. And that's yep. T1. And yep. that's like their entire like that's their entire philosophy on League of Legends. That to me doesn't mean that they're a good like I don't see them as a good team. Um, and then the other thing I, I was thinking about during the, the series is game three. Toby plays the Cassante mid, right? That was Faker's best champion, I would say, like at MSI. You know, that probably was just his best champion for, for Gragas as well in spring. But yeah, sure. I mean, he dropped the Gragas before he went to MSI for no reason. Without right. any nerves, he completely dropped it, right? So 
I, I would say that, that he was more confident on his Cassante. And if you look at like the JDG series, for example, they eventually had to ban it because he was popping off every time on it. What happened to his ability to play Cassante? If Chovy can still play it, why can Faker no, no longer play Cassante mid? It seems like that would be perfect for this type of meta. And especially if you want to just provide utility and kind of just like help the team. It's an interesting question to be sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. questions for T1, although they qualify for worlds, uh, you know, it, it kind of felt like getting slapped like that, being behind in terms of picks and really getting Faker's champ pool pinched like that, and no one else being able to step up. They have a lot of questions uh, to be answered so that they also do not get devoured yet again over at Worlds. Uh, final thoughts here before we move on, gents. Uh, yeah, I mean, feels bad. I just, I wish we would have seen a KT Genji final. I think it would have been more competitive. I, that's what I thought. But then I realized that it's actually so much nicer watching T1 lose in finals. Like, just <laughs> watching, like, the hope of, like, the fans, just, just watching it just slowly change. Like, when they go 0-1, everyone gets a little nervous. 0-2, there's that look of despair. Then 0-3, it's just all-out chaos. That's what I live for. So, I, I like seeing T1 lose in finals, even if it hurts to see them succeed and like make worlds and all that stuff. I'll There's definitely say the, the the cheers become much more uh, uh, desperate. They become way more desperate when uh, they're behind. So in, in game three, it was like, oh, they got a team fight win and they're roaring like, this is what we've been waiting for. Here it comes. Everything's going to turn around. And then they, whatever, what was it? I think get caught at Baron. They face check into Baron and die, and then they lose the fight at Baron again, and that was the game. I was like, all right, yep. well, thanks for cheering twice for us fans. <laughs> all it. right. Not as devoured by our friends over at Trolley. Make sure to get your, uh, I'm doing it without looking, your mind warping, sour, I say it all the time. Thrills. <laughs> I was like, is it another tag yep. on word? Sour thrills over at Trolley. You can find the link below as well. You can find the link below to where you can buy it, which is spoiler everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Everywhere. I, again, I really appreciate it when you guys send me the photos, especially the overseas ones. It's really cool to see what their packaging is like. Boom. Done. All right. Next up, it's time for the Big Brain Club. It's Galaxy Brain Club time where we're talking North America. Now that the season is done here for the LCS, we're talking the state of the LCS. Playoffs, world hopes, and yes, viewership, one of our favorite topics here. And, you know, how we review the season. Let's get into it. You know, before we did the show, I don't think I ever really said, let's get into it. But now I say it all the time. Let's get into it. And here we go. So LCS is done. We've got ourselves a new organization raising a banner. It is the spiritual successor of one of the old organizations. I don't know. Like, I don't know how much we want to count that in or out, but uh, energy take themselves victory. Their uh, bajillion coach approach got memed, gets memed. Even Andy Miller is memeing it, but it ends up proving to be uh, successful. You know, it's a results-based analysis there, but it's successful there. And they attributed a lot of, uh, the players attributed a lot of the success to the coaching staff as well. I do um, enjoy yeah. the fact that uh, Soaz, famously anti-coach player, is now a positional coach for NRG and has gotten a championship in which his players said that their coaching was a major part of that. I do enjoy that. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe Soaz was not a player that needed coaching, but uh, Dokla is, you know? <laughs> That's funny. Well, I love Soaz. <laughs> he, he said that he's been helping a lot with the 1v1s, and he's been coaching for a little while now. So I asked him, like, hey, is there a point where you wanted to come back or, you know, do you still have that itch? And he's like, no, nah, I've been coached for a while. And I, I feel like this is, this is my place now. Wasn't he I, playing I last summer? I think it will. Was Didn't it last summer like, on immortals? No, I think he played on like German league. He played in German league. Uh, His last time he was oh, playing was on wave esports yeah, spring in, in, in um, spring, of spring of 2022. Yes. I think yep. he said he'd been dabbling in coaching for like two and a half years, though. So maybe he played and coached or... or so oh, he yeah, was he a coach before one, that. Yeah, he played. He spent one year coaching LDLC. Yeah. So he, he had built up some experience on it and he transitioned over to, to coaching now. But I, again, just shouting out that roster because it's it's list of... I wouldn't call them um, legendary LCS players, but like tenured vets. They were tenured vets that have now switched over to coaching. So you got uh, you had Soaz in the top lane. You had Juves from Osh, who's been here now for, I think, a year and a half, almost two years now. Um, mm -hmm. You had uh, Tanner Time, Demonte in there. You had Apollo Price, the Apollo uh, yep. in there. You also had Don't Mash Me. You had Think Card. Me. Uh, so like that's a Wait, super... Mashby was in there too. That's Mash. Amazing. Yes, Mash was on the academy <laughs> roster when, when Energy dropped their uh, academy team, but was kept on. So it's like a full roster of of people that have been around. And then Croissant has been like an analyst, assistant coach, strategic coach for a while in this space as well, at least half a decade. So you got a bunch of guys with a ton of experience in there, and it was cool to see them all find. Uh, their ways to contribute and, and get success. So, you know, that to me is like a cool trend. Don't think it's going to continue on because that sounds expensive for other teams to follow along with. That might be the energy way. But uh, that was one of the takeaways for me that was interesting from playoffs. We can go any angle here. We can go industry. We can go strategic. We can go viewership. Monty, what about the, the state of the LCS do you want to talk about? I think it's important to start off with some of the viewership angles because, you know, this this was a surprising final. And I think that a lot of people, once NRG started to do well, we should have seen a build into viewership because people get excited about underdog wins and more than three O's. I would have expected this viewership if it was a three O cloud nine, for example, right, where people tune in, it's kind of a stomp and then we we go home. But because because cloud nine won the first game and then we got to see NRG building into the next three games of the series, you expect that viewership to kind of go up along with it. But it was just extremely, extremely disappointing. So the peak viewership number uh, of the these finals was uh, two hundred twenty three thousand, almost two hundred twenty four thousand. That's way more than I expected, by the way. Yeah, me too. Really? I thought you were gonna say like yeah. one hundred and fifty. Yeah, I no, I mean like when when I was when I was looking at because I co-streamed everything, right? And right. like when most of the games have like thirty thousand viewers, and I have like six thousand viewers right. on like a co-stream. <laughs> like I think that it was like I mean yeah that was like that I think that it was the only way we could have got over 200,000 viewers is a final like that. Yeah, so it could have been worse. It is I guess is, that's a good point, Dom. If this had been a 3-0 for Cloud9, we could have gotten under 200,000 for sure. Um, 
And so when we look at the peak viewership, so it's about 224,000. Spring was 271,000. So that's a, about a 17% drop in terms of peak viewership. But I think what's really damning isn't the peak viewership. And yes, guys, this includes co-streams before you ask. It always includes co-streams, all right? Um, is that the average viewer, this split, average viewers was 76,000, including co-streams, down from 110,000. So that is a huge drop. 70, 110,000 average viewers to 76,000 average viewers over the course of the split is huge. Yeah. And then not only that, but hours watched. So in spring, there were 134 hours of broadcast time, 14.8 million viewed hours. Summer, 154 hours. So 20 more hours of broadcast time, but 11.9 million viewed hours. So like more broadcast time by 20 hours, but significantly less total view viewed hours. This is terrible, guys. Like I don't, it was embarrassing. So last, last spring, so this spring's finals were the lowest number ever for the LCS recorded. Yep. It is even worse now. It's a 17% drop. If you compare this to last summer, Last summer was 370,000 peak viewers, okay? And they had, over the course of the split, 115,000 average, 19 million viewed hours watched. So it was about a 40% drop in peak viewership from last summer, and it was 19 million viewed hours to 11.8 million viewed hours. So pretty much like a, a pro approximately a 40% drop in, in viewed hours as well. This is terrible for the LCS. And what's disappointing I mean is... I think the product of the LCS is better this year. I yeah, think they've I mean, done a put lot it on a worse day. Like I don't, I don't know what people expect. Like they put it on a worse day. They did the fucking walkout shit. The players walked out. Then we had six super weeks. Like it was, it was a fucking hard split to watch. Like, like it's yeah. tiring to watch six super weeks in a row. Yes. As a viewer, like I'm doing it for a fucking job. But even I was tired because it's like you have. I mean, LEC is essentially a super week every week, and then LCS is a super week every week. So you're six six days you're watching like that plus LPL. Like I mean, it just gets so so much. And if people are going to give up a league right now, people have made it obvious that they're going to give up LCS over anything else. Well, why would you keep it? You know. Yeah. If you want to watch Western it? people, it's it's better to watch uh, LEC. And if you want to watch good League of Legends, you've got two other excellent leagues in which to do it in LCK and LPL. I wonder if four is like the magic number of, of leagues. I mean, again, Valorant is expanding and they have four leagues. They, they unlocked the Chinese region now. And so they have China, Pacific, Europe, and Americas. And maybe that's just the structure in which Riot as a company will work within. and. Uh, they also just hired the um, the new commissioner, uh, Carlos Altuna, I believe is his name. He's oh, not a commissioner. He's not a commissioner. They still have an open job posting for commissioner. He's the head of League of Legends in the Americas. He's he would be the commissioner's boss, most likely. I'm going. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So here it is. So we Where still is have no it? commissioner. Nice. No, no, none yet. None announced. Basically. Uh. So uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, Carlos Altuna uh, and, and Tunis as the head of League of Legends esports. So, yes, you're right. He, he's going to be the one that hires the commissioner to take charge. But I mean, basically, they've been operating at this without that structure for uh, the whole year, right? There was no head of League of Legends esports for the Americas region. There wasn't that. You had maybe there Jackie wasn't that job. commissioner. Yeah, they may yeah. have invented this job recently. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> but. You know, I think this is, in my opinion, 
the step towards finding someone to tackle these things so that we're not the only ones touting, hey, guys, this number is bad. Numbers are down. This isn't good. How do you get out of it, though? How do you get out of it, Deegan? You made the product better. I think most fans would agree that the LEC broadcast was a significant improvement this year, so credit to them. But you can't improve the quality of the league. There's not going to be more spending in the league because sponsorship is, how do you get sponsors? The the viewership like year over year is fucking terrible. They literally had a year over year decline of 40%. So for me, I think, and, and Dom, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think it's a mixture of, it's tapping into what made league fun and what made the league community fun earlier. Right, which is all these super big streamers that that you know are huge now and are doing other games and playing other games and they're doing influencer shit. They generally started in league. A lot of them did. And it was this sense of community that everyone was there, everyone's excited to be there and just find people that are happy to be there and on the way up while mixing it in with some of the bigger names and making the sense of community again that League of Legends is 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 our game. It doesn't really feel like that anymore. It feels like, and rightfully so, they focused on the product and they were putting product first. And I don't think that's fully it either. It needs to be the sense of community, which is why you don't feel, uh, most of the time, the doom and gloom at events. When you're at the event, you're among League of Legends fans. You're among Cloud9 fans. You're among other idiots that are going to chant TSM. And you just, even the TSM chants that were coming off this time, people weren't doing it because they love TSM. They were doing it because it was a meme. And it's like, cool, this is a meme that I've been part of that I've seen on the broadcast. And it's a lack of this sense of community about the LCS. And a, like, not necessarily about League of Legends, but a little bit about League of Legends. And that's a bigger thing. But I think about the LCS. And, and I think the players now are more wa- uh, willing to participate in the community, are more willing to be among the fans, uh, be among the influencers. And I think now it's about getting the influencers as well back and being part of the LCS and being part of like team organized things. So I think it's... Yeah, but now it's like the, the influencers don't need the LCS anymore. So now you're going to have to fucking pay for them, right? Sure, that's sure, sure, sure. But I think that's where that's where the money... They're trying to cut be. costs, right? Like, Yeah, but you're not... Uh, Costs are going down on salaries. Like, that's just a given because no one's going to spend. And I think the owners are kind of lock and step in that. And the players, you know, thanks, Phil. You, you got players upset, but you didn't really get them anything. So players really don't have any more power anymore to, like, fight lowering costs there. I haven't heard about him since the fucking walkout. Yeah, he's, like, he's still he around. Just, don't he, worry. Uh, like, he just, he just, he's like, all right, guys, like, Double lift came out said we're we're doing this walkout for Phil because we are behind Phil and then we never heard from Phil again like that was yeah that was really useful man I'm really happy that we wasted two weeks of time of LCS to I don't know I guess make YouTube content and like react to double lifts idiotic I statements. Think- I think the the walkout certainly hurt viewership, but it would be worse than some or than spring, regardless. This would have been. Yeah, I agree. That, that's walkout or not. Walkout or not. Like there that's, wasn't. That's how it goes, though. It's always like that. The summer so, dip for sure. Um, but those are generally my ideas. You can you can. Yeah, but the summer is so much worse than last summer. It's just ridiculous, right? Like the the viewership is it was down forty percent, and I think that's what makes it so hard to see how they get out of this. Because by the way, all of you fans who said we we want more North American talent, that's why we're not watching league. Well, you got your <laughs> champions, so I expect viewership to go through the roof 
Next split guy. Oh, that next was, year. That was always the biggest bullshit ever because uh, of the course teams with was. North American talent on it, like of all the bad teams always had the North American talent exactly. on it. And Bjergsen was by far the most popular player that's ever existed in this league, and he's Danish. So you yeah. clearly are full of shit, guys. But we'll no just be, fuck about We North will American actually have definitive evidence about your shit level, what percentage full of shit you are. It's probably a hundred, I'm guessing. Next split, when the viewership is even worse, even though we have a a reigning North American team. Because how do you how like the teams can't spend money um revenue has has actually is going to go down because you aren't going to be able to sell sponsors or at least you're not at previous levels with 40 percent decline year over year that is a terrible number that any sponsor can look up okay there's no promise that it's not going to keep going down you have no plans to increase viewership again uh, you just gotta bait some really dumb rich sponsors that's what you need to do that, there that are era, dumb rich sponsors Trust that me. era that era is over that era oh, is still over. there. They're still there. <laughs> I, I don't think it's. I, I think they're they're there on on a different scale. I don't. Uh, I, I think, think they might be on like you know sponsorship I, I should, side, but not on like team running scale. Like you need a betting LCS sponsor. Has to drop the ego and start. Like they've already been sponsored by FTX. They start. They need to just get sponsored by like crack cocaine or something. Get sponsored <laughs> by old school like Rick Ross. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> they got to get freeway Rick Ross not, to sponsor the LCS. <laughs> Just fucking um, like you can have a and like it's so good. It's a local sponsor. You can go to Skid Row. Like <laughs> that's what you need. Hey, look, it's tough to make money in this world. It's an evil world we live in. So like you gotta you gotta do what you need to make a dollar. I think I think they should just get a betting sponsor. Uh, there's going to be lots of interested parties that will pay a lot of money in America. It's it's becoming increasingly legal. We see it all across traditional sports in, in the states. I think that's a that's a reasonable way to do this. But in any case, guys, here's here's a fun one for you. LCS has now suspended all of their franchise payments. So the teams are not actually paying their franchise fees and won't be probably for a couple of years. Um, right. So they're they are trying their best to. So they want LCS to be alive. They they desperately want LCS to be alive. And what they're doing is that I think in anticipation of revenue sharing potentially being lower, they have suspended the ongoing payments. Because remember, for our audience, the LCS franchise fees were not paid up front. It wasn't $10 million in we're transferring it right now. It was a multi-year plan of payment. And so those those payments have been suspended and look like they are going to be uh, suspended for another year or two, uh, right, which I think is a good move. I'll fucking do it. I'm going to revive the LCS. I'll go to LCS next year. I'll get on fucking camera and I'll start flaming everyone. And then the viewership will come back. I'll save the LCS. You've convinced me, Monty. It's the only way. All right. I, I, I look forward to seeing that. I look forward to seeing that. I don't. It'll be fucking crazy. I don't know, man. Is that, is that it? Are you just doing the disguise toast where it's like toast is, uh, you know, showing up and throwing throwing the money to save uh, the LCS and save uh, the challenges? The thing is, I got I, like the thing is, I've I've been in this fucking industry so long, I like know everyone, you know. So like, get me on a broadcast with Mark. That will be content can, right there. Can we, can we just have fuck LCS? Can we just have uh, can we have LCS as the um, you know the the pre card to the title match between you and Freak? That's just a boxing match. I'm down. I'd be down. Honestly, <laughs> take six months off streaming, train for a boxing match. Uh, I think I, I think I think, it, I think you I think LCS should just be the warm up of the Dom versus Freak boxing match in the LCS studio. How tall is Freak? He's tall. He's like six, six. He's feet. like six, six one. Okay, all right. So we're like same height. 
I, I will say that I, I saw him at the boba truck yesterday from afar. Mm -hmm. I was like leaving. I was like, oh, he's not in fighting shape right now. I don't know if that's fair. Like, <laughs> I love freak. He doesn't need to. Be. Diga, I'll he send you some me. shit. I'll send you some shit after this. I'm I'm getting in fighting shape. We're Why? Omega Why? Why? Well, I, that's great. That's great if you're getting into fighting shape, not with the purpose of fighting. Like it's just you look good, you feel good, you're healthier, your back hurts less, you know. But like, my feet hurt. That that <laughs> that's what fucking yes, hurts. That when you start sucks. running miles. Yeah. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your feet are just not equipped yeah. for that bullshit. And by, and by the way, I'm happy to come fight too. Like I will fight Reginald, no problem. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you want an you want an MMA fight? I don't. No, I want a kickboxing fight. That's the thing is that nobody no. will actually nobody will actually agree to kickbox me. So it's it's I'm kind of shit out of luck. Dang, uh, this is this is exciting. Who would I fight? That is around my weight and maybe I want to see you fight Travis. Let's go. That's not a that I mean that might be a, <laughs> might be similar weight. I don't know. We'll see. He can we cut. <laughs> Why are we all right, all right, all right. Let's let's, let's. Now, now that we've we've decided who we're all gonna fight, like it, that's the only way. It's celebrity boxing at this point. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know what? That that's what we found. Creator clash, the chess boxing thing, uh triller, uh fight club, all those things are just, you know, it's showing the new way unless we're gonna take uh more crypto money again, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um uh, so I think it's I think anyway, I think this is really hard problem to solve with the LCS, and I don't think it's a solvable problem, which is why the LCS job commissioner is just a poison chalice, because you as the commissioner, you actually can do nothing to solve this problem because it's such a deep systemic issue with the player base in North America, not caring young people, not really playing League of Legends, perhaps you not having the budget to get influencers to inf to to, uh, you know, attract a younger audience again. You, you don't have access to the studio during weekends. Um, so unless, you're, again, you're moving LCS out of California, which is a very good idea, it is going to be really, really hard to... And, and, and the performance. As the uh, teams have less money, they're going to be even less competitive on an international stage. The only thing yeah. that was propping up LCS even mildly doing well was import players. Cloud died, man. They, they, could, they could figure it out. You know, they got a lot of experience. They got international players. Look, and, and look, I, I understand you guys are excited about NRG and, I, you know, I'm glad Palafox had an excellent run throughout LCS playoffs, but he's going to get Palafucked when he gets to Worlds. Oh, dude, it's going to be rough. Like, I was just thinking about, like, you know, ever, everyone was talking about you know, Doglo finally making Worlds, and I looked up his age, and he's 26. And I'm like, Zika has been playing for two years. And that motherfucker is good. Like Zika is legit. Like, and it's not just like he's legit on some champion. Like this guy looks like a fucking. Uh, he looks like a trained professional. This motherfucker is an assassin. Like, he's by the way, fuck some people up. Think about the think about the mid laners LCS is sending to Worlds. It's MNS, APA, and Palafox guys. Oh my god, <laughs> Dom, you oh, didn't wait, think about that, wait, did wait, you? But but, but LPL sending kind of bad mid laners. Who are they sending? They're sending Knight Yagao. Okay, Xiaohu and Scout. Yeah, okay, never uh, mind. Yeah, it's yeah, it's gonna be. Oh, so, Xiaohu is gonna tear some ass up in this world. <laughs> like he's gonna fuck people. Like that guy is that guy is unreal good. Oh, so, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be harsh 
at Worlds, but if you don't want a harsh nice. experience while watching LCS midlane right, at the World Championship, <laughs> I will levitate. <laughs> mm -hmm. You can get yourself a freeze pipe, which might be the only way that you can have this enjoyable experience of watching the World Championship. This is their new martini bubbler, by the way. Very classy shape, nice piece of glass. And as usual, it comes with the food safe glycerin chamber. You can take it off and guess what? Pop it in your freezer for an hour and you will cool the smoke by over 300 degrees Fahrenheit. So there's nothing though. You know, I wish that uh, me watching Palafox at Worlds would have a food safe glycerin chamber because I'm going to need that shit cooled down before it's delivered to me because it's going to be harsh if you're an LCS fan. But this will not be harsh. So go to thefreezepipe.com, promo code LFN for 10% off your entire order. Thank you very much to the Freeze Pipe. Thank you, Freeze Pipe. Uh, when Dom and Monty shit on the North American mids and any hope that I have, I will copiate. I was gonna be, I will defecate. <laughs> Sounded like it was an I will defecate direction. Yeah, that's more like what I think the midliners are gonna do, not me. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Uh, that that does it here from us. That that was a full deep dive across the world of league that we got to touch. Uh, all the majors. We didn't actually talk about the LPO uh, as a segment itself. We use them as the example of. I mean, they're just waiting for the Asian games right now, so there's not really yep. kind of twiddling our thumbs preparing for Worlds. Korea's almost done. KT is fortunately in as it's of this so morning. It's so weird because, like, now you get the break around this timing. This is like good. This is like the half break, and then then Worlds starts later. So it's just it feels very weird. Because normally everything just is still going, right? Like this is where everything is ending, like around August and then like September like 10th is normally like the end of Gauntlet and stuff. And then you have like three weeks and then World starts, you know, beginning of October. Well, shout out to the Asian Games for, for the second year in a row, fucking up the schedule of League of Legends. Last year it didn't even happen. And this year we have to push Worlds later because apparently it's super important. It's not super important, guys. It's not. Uh... You know, other major leagues like the NHL, they say, well, you know, we're not going to the Olympics this year. So I, I wish League of Legends would do that. There's no reason to push this back. I understand the players might want to do it for for national pride reasons, but it should not be the reason why Worlds is pushed back. It should not be. Sure. I I, I like seeing international play. I wish that there was a better solution here. Um, I, have, I have one more Degon's fact of the week uh, brought to you by no one. Uh, with this current setup here uh, in the LCK gauntlet, we won't see all five players returning to Worlds because uh, Deft has to beat Barrel probably. Or, yeah. Oh, and then whoever wins that has to beat, um, I guess, Hanwha Life and, and, and Viper. And, and uh, I guess the, the two members that are still there, King and, and uh, Zekka. So with that, what was the last roster that won the world championship and returned all the players. Two worlds. Not not duo back to back, but two worlds. Uh EDG. I'm uh looking right now. I actually don't know the answer to this one. I asked the question. It's gotta be EDG, right? <laughs> they all five returned. Yeah. Did they really? All five came back. They didn't yep. change one player. Fuck. All right. This was a lame question. I'm sorry. I fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> yeah. I actually I was trying to 
dive into this one while you were devouring T1 because I was like, this is really negative. Let me try to find a fun fact, <laughs> like ease the mood. Yeah, it's the same. All right, never mind. That was a, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was the same players. Fuck. All right, I'm an idiot. That's how we close it. Thank you very much for watching, everyone. I'll come back with a better fact on Monday. Please like and subscribe uh, this video. Make sure to leave in the comments all the different dominate names, and we will cover you know the heartbreak of Europe, the heartbreak of the teams in the LCK that also get knocked out. And I think... Will we know which team is the fourth place team? No, we won't know which team is the fourth place team yet, but we'll know the two candidates for the fourth place team and then give some vision out on it how Golden so Guardians long. are going to shit on it's them. Just, it's just like yeah. two best of fives every weekend forever. It's, it's really just, Yeah, you just want it to end. It's like, please. Well, in LCK playoffs, finish. we had six best of fives in six days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and LCK playoffs, they just get that shit done. Weeks. They were done like yeah. a month ago. Yeah, like with gauntlet and everything. Why, why are we? Why are we doing this? Uh, why don't they just change the schedule? Can we please just do one week of four best of fives? Lec, like, please, please, I'm begging you. I mean, they literally were doing super weeks the entire time. They could have just done three, three, two, boom, those are eight, and then LEC, three weeks. Like, there you go. Lec was like, I will elongate. All right, y'all. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. Bye. Okay. <laughs> All right.